Welcome to Locked On BW, the daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the cats, right here in Lexington. Probably shouldn't have said that because I am not in Lexington today. I'm in Birmingham, Alabama, recording solo, but it won't just be me on this podcast. We have an interview with Jimmy Dykes of the SEC Network and ESPN, formerly a coach at Kentucky, an assistant coach with Eddie Sutton, and the women's basketball coach of Arkansas. Obviously, he's been a longtime commentator on ESPN as well, so we'll get his thoughts about the SEC, basketball, and the Cats. I am in Birmingham because it is SEC Basketball Media Day. It has just concluded. Tom Crean and the Georgia players just wrapped up. We got through all 14 teams today. Lots of interesting things were said. I think the most interesting was from Frank Martin, and it was about the NCAA corruption case, FBI, that is taking place in the New York courtroom. I'm going to get you his comments in a bit, and then I'm going to wrap with a couple thoughts from what P.J. Washington and Reed Travis had to say today. Um, Starting off, obviously, came out this morning that, as I'm recording this, all first-team SEC included one Kentucky player. That was the aforementioned Reed Travis. Um, P.J. Washington made the second team. They both said that it was an honor to be recognized in those situations. Also, Kentucky was picked to win the SEC. That was a surprise to some, including Ben Howland, the head coach at Mississippi State. He said that Tennessee should be the favorite, considering they won the league last year and returned everybody. Actually tied for the league. Uh, Auburn and them tied for the regular season. Um, But they have everybody back, and Auburn lost a few players. So that was a very... That was a comment that that brought some brought some eyes. Listen, this is a this is an interesting event. It's kind of got a lot going on. If you can hear some stuff in the background, the TVs are still playing here in this tent. I am recording in for this edition of the the podcast. Commissioner Greg Sankey is over beside me, and I'm gonna take a picture of in here and what it's like. It kind of looks like a, a club. There's like a weird round couch. Uh, it's got a lot going on, guys. This place is called the Bohemian Hotel, I believe, is what it, the name of it is. And the Grand Bohemian Hotel Mountain Brook. So that's where we're recording from. It's the only place I've ever been to where you're bumping shoulders with coaches, with the cream of the crop, and basketball analyst Jay Billis was here. Antoine Walker was here. As I mentioned, of course, Jimmy Dykes was here. We're going to hear from that interview with him in a bit. And, I mean, like you go into the bathroom, and this is an example from what happened to me today. You go in the bathroom, you turn the corner, and there's Tom Crean. And then the next thing you know, you know you're in a urinal next to him. So, I mean, that's, that was my day today. Um, but let's get to those comments that were that you might have already seen on TV from Frank Martin talking about how he is aware of the cheating in college basketball and a because it was his job it is his job to know that and then he kind of gets into the fact that it's an he calls it an audit on college basketball and eventually he wants this to help college basketball listen i'm 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 not going to sit here and act like i don't know some of the things that go on in the business it's my job to know um every walk of life every industry needs to be audited every once in a while. And this is our audit. And whatever's broken will get fixed. Whoever's not playing, and, and I'm not into this argument, like I'll use like um, 
drugs, for example. We all want to sit around and talk about, well, you know, he only did this. Well, it's against the law. Don't do it. You know, whatever the rules are, people don't like them, change them. You know, work to, to change the rules. But the rules are in place, they're in place, and we all need to work underneath uh, or abide by those rules. Uh, I'm not into cheating. That's the verbiage I've used and I will continue to use. I'm not into it. I don't sit at home and whine about the people that do because uh, they're the ones jeopardizing their schools, their families, their assistants, their careers. That's their decision to make in life. I choose not to go in that direction. Um, but this is our audit. You know, it's, it's, everyone, every company needs to be audited every once in a while. We're being audited right now. And what I hope is that whatever the mistakes that are being made, uh, the, 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 some of the stuff that, that the public is learning about, that some of us know kind of what's going on, um, that that gets cleaned up. And then the rest of the business, which operates pretty good, it's, it's, it's not as bad as it's made out to be, but there is some stuff that obviously we, we're, we're, we myself included, even though I knew some stuff, uh, a lot more stuff is becoming public now, and it's going to continue to become public. I think um, it's unfortunate, but we're being audited. That's all it is. We've got to sit back, deal with the audit, uh, not point fingers, not blame, let that stuff to kind of take care of itself, and, and put our arms around a beautiful sport. Uh, that, that's brought so much joy to so many people uh, for so many years. And, and, and let's fix the problems, build on the good, and continue to move forward. Really great stuff from Frank Martin. I got the video if you want to see him kind of being animated, and also he's wearing like this Hawaiian-type shirt. It didn't have flowers or anything, but it was of that style. I don't, I don't know. I just, I just found it interesting and kind of fun. Frank Martin, one of the best. I mean, if, if in all honesty, if I if you put, I wouldn't have a problem if you took Frank Martin, John Calipari, and Rick Barnes and threw them into a room and just let them let them fix all of college basketball's problem because those guys, in my estimation, have some great ideas. And you know, it isn't just me being a homer for Calipari there. Uh, Martin and Rick Barnes always are just eloquent and they're just no nonsense and they they own up to some stuff as opposed to you know. For example, Mike Krzyzewski, who doesn't sometimes own up to things happening in the sport. Those guys are just kind of, you know, the fact. here are the facts. We want to fix it. This is this is what I think. And you don't always have to agree with them. And I don't think that they necessarily get mad if someone disagrees with them. Um, but I just like their no-nonsense approach to trying to fix a game. And I believe Frank Martin said it there at a game that everybody loves and has impacted so many people's lives positively all right coming up next we are going to hear from jimmy dykes but first i wanted to let you guys know about sling tv if you want to watch the sec network because that's where you saw all this and if you were watching the sec network during sec basketball media day you might have saw me i was run run, run, run rambling and walking around in the background talking to people getting in the mix and the best way to watch the SEC Network is always on Sling TV. You don't want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. Sometimes, you know, you're away from your house, but you still want to watch the game. You can watch it on your big screen. You can stream it there, or you can play it on your phone, play it on your laptop. Sling TV has all those options. That what makes it what makes it so great. It's the best way to watch college football, college basketball. It's 30 bucks a month. Get you ESPN, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and a bunch more. 
The reason that Sling is the best is there are no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees. You can cancel any time, and as I mentioned every time, you can upgrade and downgrade the package to add and take away channels that you've stopped using or want going forward. So get Sling TV, and here's the, here's the uh, promo for you guys. Locked On listeners get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's sling.com slash locked on. S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. Here's the interview with Jimmy Dykes. Now joined by Jimmy Dykes of the SEC Network and ESPN. My first question to you is the comments made by Frank Martin about the audit that is now the, the trial. What were your kind of thoughts about that overall? Well, his point was very well taken, but it's it's a whole other level than an audit. I mean, this is you're talking about things being said in a federal court under oath about our sport. Um, but I think it's the, the message he was sending is at some point audits are should be cleansing to a, a business or an organization, whatever. And so we're still trying to decide: is this going to be a an ugly stain on college basketball going forward from now on or is this going to be something that we look back on one of these days and say we got a lot of good stuff done out of this and I think that's to be determined but um, I think Frank was spot on in terms of kind of how he sees it the uh, college basketball right now and it's not just college basketball it's the world of basketball that surrounds kind of how we end up at the college level Uh, it's being looked at closely it's being monitored and certainly changes will be coming yeah, and I think John Calipari called it a, a black eye. So, I mean, I, I thought those those three guys, and Rick Barnes as well, and he had similar things to say last SEC Media Day. I thought it kind of seems like those three guys really get it and want to move the sport forward and past this. Well, I think everybody does, you know, but you can't just you can't just move past it and, and to the point where you ignore it. Like, you, you have to address it and then move past it. So, um, and it's not, it's not widespread. I mean, I, I know a bunch of coaches that just – when recruiting takes a turn down a path that they don't want to go, they're out. Like they just don't, they don't go down that path. Unfortunately, our sport has some coaches that will continue down that path. You know, it, 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 it's hard to regulate morality, you know, in people. And I think that's a difficult thing right now is how many n- new rules can you pass? How many, how many things can you change about our sport that, that puts a stop to, you know the, the the bad side of recruiting. I don't think I don't think you can ever regulate re- cheating out of this out of the system. I really don't. Yeah, and um, John Calipari as well talked about how if, if something doesn't is going the way he doesn't like, they just walk away from recruiting. Now that's easy for John Calipari, Kentucky, to do than maybe some other schools. But moving to the basketball side, John Calipari took to the podium. And obviously, he always just kind of steals the show. You've been around a lot of coaches, you know, yeah. coach yourself for years. Have you ever seen anybody kind of thrive in an atmosphere like this, like John Calipari has? No, I, I told him he, he could be give a great presidential speech, like he could run for president and generate a lot of enthusiasm because he just has that magnetic draw about him. You know, when he walks into a room, it, obviously it shows up. Uh, in, in terms he'd be a f- phenomenal recruiter. You can just see why they have the success when he sits down and visit with a group or, or, or one-on-one with someone. Uh, but he's very, very smart. Like, he's smart and he thinks about things, and he's a forward thinker and an aggressive thinker. And he's normally about two steps out in front of a lot of people in a lot of areas. And, and his thoughts today, whether you agreed on it or not, it shows it that he's thinking, like, how can we fix this? What's best for the student-athletes? And you always listen when somebody's bringing stuff like that to the table. At least I do. Moving to the court, what do you, what do you think about Kentucky this season? 
getting some guys back, great transfer, and then another freshman class that's great. Well, I, I think Reed Travis, for me, he changed how I see Kentucky. I didn't see them as a national champion threat until he got on board. And once I've seen him now in person, watched him play four times in the Bahamas at, at Pro Day, uh, he changes their team. Like He gives them a dynamic that they didn't have. He looks like a completely different person than anyone else Kentucky puts on the floor. His game is different than anybody else Kentucky can put on the floor. And he's an older guy, you know, so you have a – a two-time Pac-12 all-conference player um, that, that that's stepping in that uh, has become a better player since he's been on that uh, campus in Lexington now for two or three months. Uh, so they're a legitimate Final Four threat, potential number one seed, however you want to look at it. Kentucky now, in my eyes, is at that level because of him. The young kids are good; they're always good. But you're not you're not getting real deep if you're just based on all those young freshmen coming in. So what helps Cal this year? Like it always does. When he's got returning players that are good and he's got three good ones and you add Reed Travis, now you can start talking about a potential national champion. Who else do you like on the, the Kentucky roster? Uh, you know, I, I, I like all of them. I, th- I think they got, you know, his nine or ten guys are really, really good. Like there's a lot of depth there. Their, their practices this year will be more competitive because they are really too deep at every position. Um, I think Keldon Johnson is a, a really good college basketball player early. You know, he's, a, he's young, but he just has a, he has a body. He has a style about his game. He knows how to play. I think he's highly competitive. Uh, Tyler Hero, outside of Reed Travis, to me, Hero is probably the second most important guy on that team because he's a legitimate scorer. You know, he can shoot it, but he can score. He's got a mid-range game. He's got good size. He's going to make hard shots. Uh, he changes them offensively. You know, they didn't have that piece last year in my eyes. And Hero's a guy that he's going to stretch the floor. No matter where you put him, you have to account for him in, in the deep corners, on the high wings, where he is. You have to account for him. So they're good. Like, they're, they're really good. It's just a matter of figuring out how Cal wants to play offensively. They should be a dominant defensive team. They should be a dominant rebounding team. And, and, and if they continue to play hard and play together, like I've seen so far in the Bahamas and in practice, they're going to be right there at the top of the SEC. Well, when you had when you were on the local show with Dick Gabriel and I, we talked about the the SEC overall, and you got to go to a few more practices since then. Is this conference as deep as everybody's talking about? Yeah, no question. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting that Tennessee won the regular season last year. They have everybody back, and they weren't picked to win the league. Like I'm not sure that's ever happened in a Power Five conference that a team wins the regular season, they return everybody, all five starters and bench, and they're not picked to win it. You know, that tells you the respect that, that I think, that I guess, the media has for Kentucky, the draw that Kentucky has. Um, but then you just start going down the list from there. Like, if you finish in the top eight in this league this year, you've done something really hard to do. Like, there's somebody's going to finish last in 13th and 12th, and they're not going to be bad teams. There's not a bad team in the league. A lot of leagues out there, they're, they're, they're good, top-heavy, but they have some bad teams. There's no bad teams in this league. You look at South Carolina, they were, you know, I don't know where they're picked this uh, ninth, somewhere in there. They got four starters back, and two of them started in the Final Four. Like, they were a good basketball team at the end of the year last year and won 17 games. So the depth of the league is, is outstanding. It's, this right now, on October the 17th, you, I would say that this league is better in basketball than it's ever been. Now, they're going to have to prove it 
I have to prove it in November and December and once again in the conference play. But right now, it is set up to be the best year the SEC's ever had in men's basketball. You mentioned South Carolina as kind of underrated probably. Is there any other team that you kind of look at it like a dark horse that could kind of maybe some sur- surprise some people because last season Tennessee was picked near the bottom and then they end up winning the league? Yeah, I think, you know, I I'm not I didn't I hadn't studied the preseason polls, it doesn't matter to me, but I know Vanderbilt wasn't picked in the top three or four. They they could very well finish there. They've got an outstanding freshman class. They got transfers sitting out. Um, Saban Lee is going to be a, a really like he could have a breakout sophomore year. I, I, I think they're good. I, I think Vanderbilt is a team right now that could not picked in the top four could very well be there when it's all said and done. And then finally, um, is Jimmy the Jimmy's Jet going to make a return? Yeah, we, we brought it out last year, and and luckily, you know, for the SEC, we had eight teams on that jet, and. I, I don't see any reason why this year they can't have eight or maybe go to nine or ten. You know, that's it's a it's a league that uh, has a potential to produce a couple of number one seeds, probably could. You know, which would be huge for the league. And if you're a number one seed, you're in first class on Jimmy's jet. And ultimately, isn't that where we all want to be? There's no question about that. Thanks so much for your time. Anytime. Thanks to Jimmy Dykes for joining the podcast. Really appreciate him. He's been always gracious with his time. As I mentioned in the interview, he's been on Big Blue Insider with Dick Gabriel and myself. So always thankful for him. And I think he always has good things to say. I do dis- did, a- did disagree with him slightly on the fact that he kind of misinterpreted the audit. And I heard Jay Billis on the SEC Network say something similar about how this was in federal court. I don't think Frank Martin meant a literal audit. So, uh, it, it, it's something that kind of people get hung, are getting hung up on a word, and I think they're missing the the goodness of the overall message that Martin had. All right, so we're going to wrap here with the the fact that you know the, the Kentucky guys talked. Reed Travis, one of the more well spoken guys, and PJ Washington was also down here. He had some interesting things to say about Memphis specifically Penny Hardaway, and I'll let you guys know about why he had to say those things in a second. But first, got to tell you about Vivid Seats. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert show or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more. Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. Okay, so P.J. Washington spoke to the media today. Uh, if we have time here, I'm going to get into some of Calipari's comments, um, but I wanted to get share what P.J. had to say, what Reed Travis had to say, and uh, then I have a mini rant about this whole setup, which is probably going to just be cathartic and no one's going to particularly care. But I'm going to do it anyway. Quick note, if I haven't mentioned it, there's TVs in the background right now where I'm recording. So if you're hearing something, that's what it is. But we're going to keep it rolling. So P.J. Washington 
said that this Kentucky team is further along is a lot further along than they were last year. That's wouldn't be surprising considering there's some new guys back and they had to go uh, they got to go to the Bahamas. They didn't have to go. That would be quite a punishment if you had to go to the Bahamas. He was also asked about EJ Montgomery. He said he was versatile and that is because he can shoot, drive, and pass and that's something that most big men uh, can't do. PJ was asked to compare this year's teams to last year's teams. And I thought he had two really interesting points. The, the first one is something that I think most people already know. Uh, this team, this season's team, shoots the ball up better. That's pretty obvious if you just look at Tyler Hero, Emmanuel Quickly, uh, healthy Jamal Baker, Quad A. Green, getting a year of experience. All those things aren't, aren't going to you know blow your mind. But this is the, the second part of his quote. He said that they're more focused. I found that interesting, and I'm guessing that it just has to do with... Um, maturity to a certain extent with the guys that returned and then also you add Reed Travis into the mix and so they got a lot of mature guys and the freshmen that come in they, they seem to have a little bit of a different mentality specific specifically Keldon Johnson and Tyler Hero as well to a certain extent um, and, and the point guards as well Ashton Haggins I mean how often do you hear a freshman guard just talk about defense and how much he loves to play defense that's kind of a surprising thing to hear so the focus of the team this early is really impressive in my mindset now um, I asked PJ Washington because I read somewhere that they in a article that was discussing Penny Hardaway versus John Calipari and Penny's kind of bio included the fact that he had coached a lot of elite players when he was at the at Memphis East High School and when he was coaching Team Penny, the AAU program on the EYBL. And included in that was P.J. Washington. I hadn't really ever made that connection and kind of for, um, you know, wanted to know what P.J. thought about Penny Hardaway, mainly because right now the reason that article was written about Calipari versus Penny Hardaway is the fact that they're going head-to-head for James Wiseman. Um, But PJ said Penny is a great coach, he's a great guy, and he's very humble. He thinks that he's going to take Memphis to another level than they are right now. Um, They talk every once in a while, just some texts back and forth, good luck, you know, similar things that former coaches do with former players. He didn't say that they, you know, he'll, he'll break down his game or anything like that. The most interesting note is that Penny Hardaway and PJ Washington are related. Um, PJ said that his grandmother... His grandmother's brother is Penny Hardaway's dad. Now, um, PJ said that Penny's dad wasn't really in his life, um, but they're still kind of close and have a connection, even though there wasn't direct connection through a family member. And then he was, PJ was finally asked in this kind of little mini Penny aside that we had going with him to just kind of discuss what, what, um, you know, the if you were a recruit, because the way it was phrased was, these guys are in a recruiting battle right now. No one was mentioned. There wasn't any NCAA violations in that sense. Um, but, you know, would you is, can you go wrong with either one of these guys? And he basically said no. He said they're both great guys. Uh, they're both family to him, literally with Penny, and to a certain extent figuratively with Calipari, even though Calipari says they're all his sons. Um, but he also said that they have the... They both have the best interest for the kids, and they don't lie to anybody. And in all honesty, that's that's just a great recruiting pitch overall um, to, I think, get the elite-level players. Reed Travis at this event just shined. I mean, he shined like the star he is. As I mentioned at the first part of this podcast, he was picked to the first team, and 
honestly, I was a little bit surprised. I guess people would just probably looked at his stats and what he had done at Stanford and kind of projected it here. But he's got a lot of guys that are, he's going to be sharing time with. And I think he's super talented, but his role is going to be changing. Um, but he was super humble about it, and you could kind of tell it, it meant a lot to him. It was a funny moment because if you've ever talked to or seen an interview with Reed Travis, he has just unbelievable eye contact. And it was Mike DeCourcy of the Sporting News who did a profile on him, and he kind of mentioned it in there. And it was one of those deals. It was it was so evident that he had to ask him about it. And he said, you know, where did that come from? And Mike wrote that, his dad, uh, Reed's dad, taught him that eye contact was so important, and so that's where where it came from. And the eye contact here was obviously uh, it was great as always. And there was I was talking to one uh, reporter, and he joked, local Lexington reporter, and he joked that he didn't want to go to Reed first because he'll get intimidated because he'll have all that eye contact and it'll feel like he'll be staring at him the whole time so he went and interviewed pj washington to start um but reed really shined at this event obviously he you know he had to he had was talking about his nba combine experiences and why he came back to college and then why he picked kentucky stuff most people have already heard before um but this this is an event a great event for him to where a little bit more of a wider audience can hear him talk because he just he when he says something you can tell really tell he puts thought into it along those lines i did want to give a shout out to some of the other players that i got to talk to um during this event and i'm going to name a couple and it's there's probably more that could be added to this list but these are just the guys that i had a a chance to talk to because i wasn't doing other work and b are just coming to my mind um, when i think about them darius garland of vanderbilt he's a freshman point guard he's going to be a star in the league he was really fun to talk to I had a chance to talk to him at the Nike Hoop Summit, and he's continued to just kind of mature. And in all honesty, the fact that a coach will send a freshman to represent their program in an event like this just kind of tells you what kind of kid he is, in my opinion. And he's just fun to talk to, and he's going to be great on the court. And, I mean, that can that's probably just a known thing considering all these guys are representing their school if they're if they're here talking to us the media they probably are are really good uh the second one was jonte porter i really enjoyed speaking to him he's a fun guy uh the porter porter family obviously michael his older brother drafted in the nba played a couple games to start the year and end the year with missouri um it, he was he was fun he was very thoughtful he discussed his the fact that he was coming back and why he came back to college and all those things so um and then finally, uh, the other one was Admiral Schofield of Tennessee. He's obviously a little bit older than those other two guys, but he's just awesome to talk to as well. A lot of fun. Has a great personality. So um, I'll ha- there's interviews from all those guys that I'll be sending out over the next couple days. So stay tuned to my Twitter profile at Curtis Birch, and those links will be coming out there specifically the Jonte Porter and Darius Garland. I know they'll be playing against Kentucky, so you Kentucky fans might not root for them, obviously, when they're facing off against the Cats, but in all other instances, I think you'll really, really like those guys. All right, I'm going to wrap this here. I'm not going to get to any, any of Calipari's stuff today because, listen, we've heard a good portion of it. I will say this about him, though. I won't mention anything he said in his press conference, but I did have to laugh at the start of his press conference because much like he'll do sometimes, he just stormed the stage. And no one from the SEC media relations department was around. And he just walks to the podium 
and he just starts looking at everybody <laughs> in the crowd and he's like do i just start he didn't know exactly what to do and then after he gave a brief opening statement after the sec media relations person was found who he was probably gone because he was looking for calipari and they said all right we're going to start calipari gave a brief opening statement and then proceeded to pretend that someone asked a question about his coach's clinic and promote his coach's clinic as his first answer to his question. So if you're watching the the podium from John Calipari and you're like, who asked about his coach's clinic to start out that press conference? That's a really weird question to, to start with. No one did. Calipari made up a question because he wanted to talk about his coach's clinic. And at the end of the the availability for Calipari, he went on a seven-minute and 42 second rant the last question was asked seven minutes and 42 seconds before calipari wrapped up he actually went over by a few minutes he went like 20 i don't know 20 i can look here 24 minutes almost 25 minutes and he was only allotted 20 minutes but he was just on such a roll at the end there as i mentioned seven minutes just speech and fine like he just looked like a politician he was banging the, the the podium to a certain extent. He was he was in rare form today. He was he was a rip iron and ready to go. All right, finally, I got a quick complaint about this the setup we had today. It was a little bit distracting because at the back of the room, the SEC network was broadcasting live. And listen, I understand they wanted to be here and get in on this and be a part of it, but it's kind of it's kind of weird having a live TV show behind you. When you're trying to conduct and be a part of a press conference at the other end of the room. And some of the coaches were a little bit confused, I think. At one point, uh, I can't remember if it was Mike Anderson or Bryce Drew or somebody. Um, they got distracted and they like look cause, because the, the TV show in the back came back from break. And so the host, oh, welcome back to the SEC Network, which no fault to him. He was just doing his job. But it kind of startled the coach at the podium, <laughs> and he had to ask about the the question again. So that was my main complaint. This event, uh, I think, yeah, we were doing the old podcast last year at this time with the now defunct SEC Country, and I think I aired some grievances. It was improved this season, much better setup. The only complaint to me was a Wi-Fi a little a little spotty, but that's a hotel issue, and B shouldn't have a, a live TV show going on when you're trying to have a press conference. Makes it tough on everybody. Well, probably not the TV because they have the ear, the IFB, I think that's what they're called, headphone little thingies in the ear so they can't hear anything besides themselves and their producers. So probably didn't bother them. But it did bother us, and it did bother some writers who said when they were trying to record the press conference, all they were picking up was the TV show behind them. So if you're SEC, if you're listening to this, maybe they make that brief brief fix um thanks so much for listening to this podcast it's been me kind of rambling a little bit apologies if i misspoke at any point kind of a long day and in all honesty it's only 6:25 here in the central time zone in birmingham but i'm about ready to just fall asleep i've been going at it since 9 a.m but it's been super fun we're going to have a bunch more coverage from SEC Media Day. As I mentioned, didn't even really touch on what Calipari had to say in his presidential campaign-like speech here. So we'll talk about that in the next edition of the podcast. Kyle Tucker should be back if all goes according to plan. And we'll 
probably, well, I don't even know, guys, what day is it right now. So I'm recording. This is the Thursday podcast. So the next one, we're also going to have to give our picks and over-unders for Kentucky Vandy. So stay tuned for that. Um, be sure to go listen to the previous podcasts and uh, check those out as well if you have missed those. You can follow me on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Be sure to be following at LockedOnUK. That's our Twitter account. Go ahead and follow at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. Even though he didn't help at all with his podcast, he was a lazy bones and stayed up in Lexington. And then find Locked On Kentucky on Facebook. Just search Locked On Kentucky. However and wherever you're listening to this, please rate, review, subscribe, and then and then comment. Oh, no, that's review. That's the same thing. See, I told you guys it's been a long day. But most importantly, share it with someone else who would enjoy this podcast. As I mentioned, a little bit delirious. Thanks for hanging with me through this whole podcast. It's been kind of fun for me to go through this whole day in my head and share it with you guys. So we will talk to you soon.